The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. 306 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. As we mentioned off the top of the show, uh, six teens have been arrested and charged in connection with an alleged sexual assault at an all-boys Catholic private school in Toronto. Toronto police announced the arrest and charges at a news conference there this morning. Inspector uh, Dominic uh, Sinopoli of the Sex Crimes Unit listed the charges, which include assault, gang assault, gang sexual assault, sorry, and uh, sexual assault with a weapon. All of these charges are in relation to the sexual assault learned about on Wednesday in relation to the video. All of the young persons are being held pending a show cause hearing and are scheduled to appear at 311 Jarvis today. Now, five of the boys surrendered to police while the sixth was arrested while heading to school. Police sources have said the alleged incident involved a group of students pinning down another student and allegedly sexually assaulting him with a broom handle. Uh, the alleged act was reportedly captured on video and circulated through uh, social media. Police say another sexual assault and two assaults were also being investigated. The principal of the school saying he waited two days to report the alleged sexual assault because the student victim had not yet told his family. Uh, So joining us now is Dr. Marjorie Holman, a kinetics uh, associate professor uh, emeritus at the University of Windsor and co-author of Making the Team Inside the World of Sport Hazing and Initiations. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Oh, glad to be here. So, you know, last week my co-host, uh, she's been called away, by the way, and uh, should return a little later on. Um, last week my co-host asked me, well, you played sports. Was there hazing? And I said, oh, absolutely. But I didn't know the details of this story when I said it. Are, are you surprised that, that this is still happening and the extent to which it's happened in this case? Well, I've been studying this. I started it in the late 1980s. And not a lot has changed. The only thing I'm surprised about is that anyone's surprised about it. Um, I expect that this type of behavior has been going on for decades. And uh, unless we do something to change that, it will continue to go on. Well, when you say, you know, you're surprised that anyone's surprised, I... You know, I, I I think perhaps when we think of the word hazing, we don't think of a sexual assault. Um, you say, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say hazing typically, if you look at the details of it rather than just the uh, stories of it, because a lot of it is really buried. It goes underground. It has a shroud of silence around it. Um, but most of the behaviors have sexual overtones. This particular incident, when we talk about the broom handle, is so old, it actually has a name. It's been called Dr. Broom for another number of years. Hmm. Now, it's often used as a threat only, uh, but that fear of being sodomized with a broom handle is there, whether or not it's actually perpetrated. And is this something that's gaining, I don't want to even use the word popularity, you say it has its roots historically, are you saying that this happens more frequently now than it did in the past? Oh, I, I no, I'm not saying that. Okay. I, we, we don't know exactly how much it's happened in the past because we haven't studied it. We just know that it has happened from anecdotal reports. But I would suspect that it's about the same. Um, 
it's and and my disappointment is that it's not diminishing. I I also have a concern because when teams feel um, a, a need or a drive to to initiate uh, newcomers, one of the problems is that each year those newcomers who've been initiated then become the veterans who do the initiating. And what often happens is they like to outdo the veterans who had initiated them. Hmm. So it tends to escalate a little bit within a program. So while Dr. Broom's been around for years with um, other teams, it may be in this particular instance that it's now that someone heard about it and that part of that escalation uh, contributed to the outcome that we now see. You know, so much I want to ask you, but to establish some groundwork here, what is the concept of hazing? What I, I mean, I know what hazing is, and I know what happened in this particular case, but what's the motivation behind hazing? Is it a establishing hierarchy sort of thing? It is, and how they justify it is saying that there are newcomers coming into our family, because we often talk about sport as a family, and I hope that's not the way we treat our family members, but um, you have newcomers coming into that environment, and um, they like to establish uh, that veterans have a way of doing things. You have to uh, pass, make the grade to be totally accepted, and then they justify it by suggesting that it's essential to team bonding, or in fact, the work that Jay, bon- uh, Jay Johnson at University of Manitoba and I have done is that in our interviews, athletes will say it really detracts from team bonding to the point where we've had athletes that 20, 30 years later say they still hate those veterans for what they've done. Hmm. So, you know, that begs the, the question begs to be asked then, if this is in particular institutions or at a particular institution or in a particular sport or in a particular area or whatever it may be, if this has been going on for a long time and it's gotten more aggravated or more serious over the years, how are we, how are we not hearing more about this? How have not more people been charged or been identified as having done this? It's that need that sense of belonging that athletes in this instance are looking for and it silences them because they want to be accepted as part of the group uh and then they they justify to themselves that it's okay i'll get through this and then it'll be my turn to do the initiating the next year so they have a chance to in their mind get even uh i think it's also the believability. It's also what we do to our young boys and the need to demonstrate masculinity or hypermasculinity. And you don't complain about these things. You just suck it up and move on. Uh, so I think there are a lot of changes that need to be made. You know, it's just, uh, this is, you know, I guess the $64 million question, but how do they not know it's wrong? And, and here's the thing, as, a, as an individual who played sports throughout his teens and 20s, um, team was all about supporting each other and having each other's backs no matter what and you know it it, it wasn't this I, I mean how do these individuals who are doing this not know it's wrong well first of all i think they do know it's wrong but the, one of the problems is uh, uh, is is that group think i would guess that teachers coaches parents peers would all say these young men are really good kids. They're good students, they're good athletes, they're good friends to have. But when they get into that 
group environment and they feel they have to live up to the expectations of peers, they're afraid to say anything. And they just kind of accept it as, well, it's been done in the past, it's, it's what we do here. And then for the new initiates, who, who typically don't say anything, is the veterans, when they're hazing, will say, don't worry about it, we have your back. It typically involves a lot of drinking. They numb themselves with the, with the alcohol, uh, and they, they go into that environment saying, yes, the veterans are going to do this to me, but they're going to make sure I'm okay coming out of it. So yeah. they, they see that as part of becoming a member of that group that they so want to be a member of. And is, there has to be this aspect of uh, the victim not wanting to be the first one too weak to take this, right? There has to be that aspect of uh, the individual doesn't want, if this is a historically based, I'm not going to be the first person to actually complain about it. Absolutely. And often it's not uh, the victim of the abuse who does complain about it. They just happen to mention it to someone and someone else will pick up on it and then it begin, begins to unravel. Interesting. So, and that brings me to my question. What has changed over the years, of course, is the use of social media and the availability of uh, cameras on everyone's phones and, uh, you know, video and so on. Uh, two questions here. How do you see that has uh, uh, impacting? You, you would have thought, in fact, wouldn't you, uh, Doctor, that having proof readily available would actually stop this sort of behavior as opposed to encourage it? Well, it's, it's not common for it to be posted on social media. That's part of it going underground and maintaining the shroud of secrecy. It stays within that particular group. So this is, kind, this is an unusual aspect of it, that it actually became public through social media. I would suspect that this having happened that may occur more as we move forward because, as you said, social media is really dominant in our society now, and uh, hopefully that will be one of the ways in which to deter the behavior. But we need more, we, may, we need more proactive ways to deter the behavior, and that needs to come from leadership, which I think St. Michael's has a, an amazing opportunity here to have a positive impact on the school system, on their institution by saying, look, we're concerned about this, and we're going to do something about it, and we're going to make our school the safest school to go to. Interesting. So expand upon that, because it's a beyond it being a crime, it's a public relations nightmare. So, Yeah. Well, and I think what we do automatically, and I think just human nature is you, you kind of go, oh, no, our reputation, we need to cover this up, we need to deal with it as quickly as we can and move forward, get it put behind us. But I really think it's a, a great opportunity to be an educational opportunity uh, from coast to coast, where if they're open about it, they talk about it, they consult with experts to determine what's the best route to go, how do we protect it? not just our athletes, but it's, it's another form of bullying. So just other students and other groups, uh, hazing happens to be predominantly in male-centered organizations like the male sports, although women are starting to do it more and more, uh, like fraternities, although sororities are beginning to do it more and more, following that male model. But it goes back to your comment at the beginning of the interview that it's about hierarchy, it's about power, it's about establishing um, and reinforcing a sense of entitlement and privilege and communicating to others that you're not there yet and we're the gatekeepers of whether or not you get there. 
Interesting. You know, the last thing I'd love to get your perspective on is when you talk about this being a potential learning opportunity or an opportunity for this school in question to do something and, and to, you know, make a change or difference, one can't help but speculate how much those in administration at any particular school or this one in this particular case already knew of this, though, if it's historic and if it's been going on and, and if the perpetrators in this particular case felt so protected that they actually filmed it and put it up on social media, they must have felt as though administration, at the very least, turned a blind eye to it. Yes, I'm quite sure that they felt that. Uh, and because of the history of it not being exposed, I can understand why they would feel that. But it's universities have had a problem with it for many, many years. It's over 10 years, I think, that McGill had a similar situation with their football team, and they developed a zero-tolerance policy um, for hazing, and then a couple years ago had another incident that, that was problematic. But one of the issues, I think, is that a lot of the administrators, if not most of the administrators, uh, have gone through hazing themselves, especially in sport. And they survived it. They don't see it as a big deal. They're not expecting it to be extreme. And so they tend to uh, sort of allow it, and, and maybe I shouldn't say allow it, but um, ignore that it's happening. And I think coaches have to be at the front of the line to be a voice in eliminating hazing from their programs and finding more positive ways to achieve the same goals, such as the team bonding. Well, it's been an interesting conversation, uh, Dr. Holman. Uh, the book, again, is called uh, Making the Team Inside the World of Sport Hazing and Initiations. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and shedding uh, some light on this this afternoon. It's truly appreciated. Well, thank you to the media for keeping it in the limelight, and hopefully that will be an incentive for uh, organizations to address this issue. Absolutely. on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Uh, Thanks to our last guest. A fascinating conversation there. Uh, Jed's on the phone. Hey, guys. Oh, hi. Hi, Jed. Hi, how are you? Good. I went went to a private school. I'm not going to name the private school in Ottawa. We used to play against St. Mike's, again, hockey. I played junior A hockey in the Ontario Hockey League. Hazing, blah, 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 yeah. Social media, yeah. It's all about, like you said, the power of to be. I remember when I was a rookie. It's called initiation. They used to do terrible stuff to you. Yeah, I've had it done to me. Jed, uh, Jed, I'm calling. I'm calling BS on this one because there's a there's a huge difference between uh, initiation and being, no, no, you know, not. sexually assaulted no. with a broomstick. Hey, I'll tell you, Jalen. If you had seen some of the stuff that they used to do to us rookies... Well, then you should have done something about it because that's unacceptable and that's why it continues going on. When I lived in Toronto back in the 70s, they had that thing at Maple Leaf Gardens. We used to run around Maple Leaf Gardens when we were 10, 11 years old. It's all social media is bringing up. I hear what you're saying. I hear it's important to take care of. But it's been going on forever. We're well, not and that's, that what exactly. that's what our oh, guest said. That's what our guest said. Forever. Yeah, yeah forever. it's been going but on let's, forever. Let's use the proper language with it in this case. Yeah, it's the, not initiation. Initiation and hazing, hazing was, are different things. Yeah. Well, yeah, they used to take guys in the shower. They used to do the broom handle. They used to do it all. They used to put a guy in a closet with a mad goat. 
with nothing on and let the goat go at the guy. They used to do it all. But the but problem is you keep saying the problem is you keep saying they used to do it. Like it yeah. stopped. It hasn't stopped. Oh no, it hasn't stopped. And the oh, fact that they've done well, it for a long time doesn't make it right or good. It's and, not okay. Uh, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I'm just sort of letting enlightening you on what I've gone through and how far it's gone back. Like I'm talking the early seventies. Well, yeah, we know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're fully yeah. aware of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and it just so happens that social media got a hold of it. And yeah, exactly. But I hear what you're saying. Great topic, guys. Yeah, thanks for sure. Well, I'm glad social media got a hold of it. Honestly, and you know the. Well, I feel bad for the, I feel bad for the, for the alleged victim. Of course. In in so many ways, um, because in part that it did get on social media, so his. His assault, his the shame, everything yes. else is now out there for everybody else to see. But not that this is the definition of the difference between hazing and, uh, and uh, initiation. But mm. take for example uh, NHL. When you mm-hmm. play your first game in the NHL, you go out with the team. Only they don't go out. So you step onto the ice and then find yourself skating around the ice by yourself. That's an initiation. Yeah. It's funny, it's harmless, and it's a tradition that people look forward to, right? What we're talking about here, you can put any term you want on it. It's an assault. Mm-hmm. It's a criminal assault, mm-hmm. a criminal sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these idiots not only did it in this particular case, but felt that they were protected enough to film it. Yeah. And then to circulate it. Yeah. It's, that's just crazy, but it speaks to how well insulated they believe they would be. This particular school that we're talking about, by the way, is a heavy sports school. I mm-hmm. know the school. Mm-hmm. They they are a private school, and they do, as most private schools, uh, you know, put a lot of emphasis on mm-hmm. ac- academics. But you go there to play sports. It's a, And if that's what they're teaching their young athletes, my goodness. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.